This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks for being with us on this sunny Sunday morning. We are going to talk now about a new book. It's called Fighting for Space, how a group of drug users transformed one city's struggle with addiction. And the author is Travis Lupick. You likely recognize his name. He's a journalist. He's been a writer with the Georgia Strait. He's also written many, many times about drug addiction. He's written about harm reduction in the city of Vancouver, as well as mental health issues. And Travis Lupick joins us on the line now. Travis. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, I would imagine with your experience of uh, writing about all of these issues and writing about them for years, that all led to uh, this book coming together. How did it uh, come together and how did you decide uh, what you were going to focus on and put into a book? Yeah, so this is is a story about activists in the downtown east side through the 90s, 2000s, right up to the fentanyl crisis that we're facing today. I was covering uh, the fentanyl crisis and rising numbers of overdose deaths for the Georgia Strait in uh, 2013, 2014. Then in 2014, I started to spend uh, more time in the downtown east side um, talking with Mark Townsend and Liz Evans, two of the founding members of the Portland Hotel Society, which uh, is one of the largest nonprofit housing providers down here. And we realized that nobody had really told uh, the story of Vancouver's first uh, crisis, uh, overdose crisis in the 90s and that um, some of the players uh, were starting to leave, do other things. Maybe it was time to finally tell that story uh, so that we can learn from it and apply those lessons to this crisis. Uh, were you concerned at all with the controversy over the Portland Hotel Society that uh, with Liz Evans and Mark Townsend, that, that their cre- credibility had been a bit tarnished? It uh, Not only was I not concerned about it, but that's sort of what, what that was a big piece of what led me to write the book. Um, they did leave in a financial scandal in 2014, um, but I don't think that that diminished the, the amazing work that they did for the two decades uh, previous. Um, at the same time, it sort of brought their story to an end. Um, the same year, Bud Osborne, one of the leading activists, uh, uh, downtown Eastside uh, poet, passed away that year. Libby Davies, who had represented uh, the neighborhood in Ottawa for the 17 years previous, she announced she would retire from politics. All of these stories were sort of coming to a natural, natural end, and I, I thought they had to be put down somewhere. How did you figure out that the starting point, if we go back and talk about, uh, and I still remember talking to the then mayor, Philip Owen, about the four pillars and uh, him saying, uh, I mean, this was probably 20 years ago, and he made a promise that you would be able to go to the downtown east side and there would be no drug problem because they were going to fix it. Um, Did did you go back to that point and look at the work that was done and and incorporate that into uh, kind of the story of this book? I did. It's in there. Philip Owen uh, was a huge help to me writing this book. Um, it, it was an interesting time where uh, politicians uh, were working quite closely with, with drug users. Uh, not at first. <laughs> it, uh, the first 10 years of the book um, covering uh, protests in the streets and occupations of City Hall and, and all those fun things where drug users and, and people like Liz Evans and Mark Townsend and the Portland Hotel Society, where they were demanding that drug users be given a greater say. And eventually it was people like Philip Owen coming around and beginning to listen to them that uh, that really began to change how Vancouver treats people who struggle with addictions. Has it changed, though? Because that's one of the things we constantly hear now as well, is that uh, people dealing with addiction, uh, dealing with mental health issues, uh, are victimized. They're not treated as though they have a disease. They're treated as though they've chosen this. Well, that's a very good question. I think in some ways things have changed. Um, in the current opioid crisis, we've put drug users on the front lines of our response. 
Vancouver's open overdose prevention sites, where drug users are very involved in decision making and very involved in, in staffing those facilities. But I think you're right. In, in other ways, um, we really haven't changed the way that we treat people with addictions. Canadians repeat that we addiction is a disease, and we pretend that we treat um, drug users as a healthcare patient. But I think I, I agree with you. The truth is, we don't. They are still victimized by police. They are still stigmatized. There is a lot more work to do. And uh, walk us through. Uh, the book also uh, takes a look at cities in the United States. Uh, one of the one of the lines in the book, and I, I don't have it right in front of me, was talking about how there are cities in the United States today uh, that are at the same stage where we were with the downtown east side or we were in Vancouver several years ago. Um, d- did you talk to to similar groups in other states or, or, or look at that and see what kind of what the parallels are? I did. There was a lot of research in the United States. These are, I got called them mini chapters. We, we hop around the United States to six different locations, uh, Florida, North Carolina, uh, Seattle. Um, and, and we look at what's going on in those places uh, today, how they're just beginning the conversations around harm reduction and addiction that Vancouver had through the 90s. So you sort of see that there's these two, two parallel tracks going on. Vancouver 20 years ahead of where the United States is, but the same thing's happening. They are starting to have those conversations, and they are starting to look at uh, the progressive policies that Vancouver fought for through the 90s. And when we look back, and, and like you said, you worked closely with Philip Owen on this and looking at the work of the Portland Hotel Society, uh, other groups such as Van Du, uh, getting us to the point where we are today, uh, dealing with the ongoing opioid crisis, uh, I guess what's what one of the things that that sticks out for me is when we look at the numbers, and I still think the numbers. I mean, they are so high as far as opioid deaths, and, and we we tend to get these numbers. I don't know that they really resonate, maybe as much as they should. Uh, but even looking at the most recent numbers, the, the people who are dying aren't so much people on the downtown east side, people who have support systems, people have who have sites uh, to consume. Uh, it's more people now who are at home, who are in different neighborhoods, who are using alone. Uh, does that show that we have, we've, we've done a good thing and that we're keeping people alive on the downtown east side? Or are we, are we continuing the addiction? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Um, the drug crisis, Vancouver's drug crisis in the 90s, was a little bit simpler in that it was largely confined to one area, Vancouver and the downtown east side. Um, and there were successes there. Overdose deaths dropped in half from a peak of 400 a year down to 200 a year. And 200 years where they actually stayed for the entire next decade on average. So, so that's a real success. Um, and as you said, deaths have just climbed and climbed and climbed on track for 1,500 this year. And in more, in more diverse areas, rural areas, uh, suburbs, it's a tricky. It's a much trickier problem than today. I don't think that the increase in deaths is actually the the, the direct result uh, of a failure on, on government part uh, uh, directly. Um, it's a trickier problem. Fentanyl is a trickier drug to combat. The risks are greater, and it's harder to intervene in somebody's private home uh, where where people are dying today. Uh, what did you learn from somebody? You're somebody who has been covering this for years. When putting this together, were there was there anything that stuck out to you, or something that you learned that you that you hadn't been aware of before? Oh, there was there was lots. <laughs> There's a, a um, the, the book's analytical narrative sort of told through stories, and then there were some amazing stories. Um, uh, but, you know, there's lots that I left out of the book that I wished I could have included. Uh, Dean Wilson, uh, one of the fiery act, uh, activists in the downtown side who's still around today, he was fighting for sort of a community center for, for, for drug users and at one point had a plan to go in there with a gun and chain himself up. And uh, Libby Davies, a notable politician in Vancouver, actually talked him out of that. Mm. 
um, that, that was a, a story I learned that caught my interest. Unfortunately, there was just no room for it. Um, on lessons, it, it was uh, the one I really take is how politicians actually listened to drug users and worked with them. Um, there was a real cooperation that came out of the crisis of the 90s um, to an extent that I think we, uh, we still need to uh, learn more from today and apply. And, and where do you see it going from here? Is it a sense, I mean, depending on who you talk to, there's a sense of hope or there's a sense of it's hopeless? I don't think it's hopeless, but I'm, I'm pessimistic about where the, the fentanyl crisis is going today. Um, I do think that more people are going to continue to die before this gets better. We're not having the conversations um, that we need to to actually solve this problem. Um, I think that if you accept that people are always going to use drugs, if you accept that BC and soon Canada's drug supply is just hopelessly polluted with fentanyl, the only pragmatic approach, as radical as it sounds, is to legalize and regulate and provide clean drugs to addicts. And we're not really having that conversation yet. Or when we do, uh, we, we are met with uh, with the response from at least the federal level saying that's not on the agenda. Yeah, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, has said that we are not going to talk about decriminalizing drugs beyond marijuana. We're not going to talk about legalizing drugs. Um, the opposition uh, federal NDP party um, is a little bit ahead on that. Um, their leader, Jagmeet Singh, was actually just in Vancouver a couple of days ago, and I went for a walk with him around the downtown east side. And he looked around and he said, we do need to decriminalize drugs to remove the stigma and remove the penalties that we apply against people who are struggling with an addiction. Um, But uh, legalization and actually providing clean drugs to people, we're not even having that conversation. Uh, Well, Travis, we'll have to leave it there. We're out of time. Uh, But uh, thank you so much for joining us to talk more about this. Uh, I would imagine uh, people can get the book in all the usual places. That's right. Online, Amazon, Chapters Indigo. All right, Travis, thanks again so much. Always good to talk to you. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.